Hello, and welcome to the Legion Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, I'll be discussing the Legion of Superheroes from DC Comics. This is Legion Spotlight number 11, and we start our journey into the Legion of Superhero stories from 1963. Next up from Adventure Comics number 304 is The Stolen Superpowers. Now this is an 11-page story by Jerry Siegel with art by John Forte, and at the beginning it really comes across as one of these kind of gimmick stories where Saturn Girl is, is stealing the powers of all the other Legionnaires. This is another one where it's got like a full page out of the 11 as kind of a cover image, if you will, giving a synopsis of, of the premise of the story. And I, I, I like it when they can sum up the premise in a single image and, and whatnot fairly effectively and stuff. That's something that I think is kind of lost in, in many modern comics. And again, as is common with the time, there are no story credits on here. We haven't gotten to the Legion roll call. There aren't any double-page spreads. Matter of fact, aside from this page, I don't think there's even a full-page splash kind of a deal in the story. Now, also a little different than many of the stories is we've got, like, the entire Legion showing up here. You know, everybody who's the current membership, including Monel there at the end, we even get Superboy and Supergirl showing up uh, briefly, and we do get a, a very key event at the end of the story. Now, this is listed as taking place in 2963 in the future. I'm going to chalk that up as, as kind of a storyteller interpretation and not like a factual aspect of canon, because those dates slide as the publishing schedule slides. If this had been published in, in 1973, the year would have been listed as 2973. So it's at some point in the future, and that's one of those things that makes putting together an actual timeline of events for the Legion challenging, particularly when you add in time travel with you know Superboy's era, Supergirl's era, etc. This is an annual meeting to vote for a new leader, because they do that every year and such. We get the Votomatic machine for that. Prior to the election, Supergirl shows up early. There is a capsule and mention of uh, Zaryan the Conqueror, and inexplicably, Saturn Girl destroys the, the capsule with the message and stuff with a ray gun. It's both inexplicable, because, I mean, wanton property destruction, but also her having a, a sidearm, you know, like a with a, the belt and the holster and stuff, like she's out of the Old West or something, is very unusual, but was needed to give her the ability to destroy the, the capsule before anyone notices it. At this membership meeting and such. Supergirl is visiting the distant future. Superboy is the past, but we got everybody else here. And Saturn Girl wins in a landslide. She's unanimously elected as leader, which goes against, apparently, a Legion tradition of not voting for yourself. But it quickly becomes clear through thought balloons that Saturn Girl did indeed rig the election. She uses a Spectrum rainbow bar worth $200,000 to create medallions for the Legionnaires. Now, at this point, we know something's up because of the message, and she's acting, you know, a little weird, like having rigged the election and such. And it turns out this 
The Zaryan guy is interplanetary criminal, tried to bribe the Legion at one point, but nothing doing with that. And Saturn Girl quickly sets herself up as a fairly iron-fisted leader of the Legion of, I'm going to test you, and if you don't use your powers well, uh, you'll be punished. And sure enough, each and every Legionnaire is tested and fails, and gets prohibited from using their powers for anywhere from 20 days to 120 days or more, and forbidden from taking part in any Legion missions. And she's just fairly hardcore on this, very out-of-characterly so. But it turns out, these medallions she's forced the people to wear that she created from that, that Spectrum bar have this special ability that if she focuses on that while they're using their powers, she can actually duplicate their powers. So this is why she's testing everybody, this is why they're all failing. At the end of all of this, we get a quick scene. I mean, they, they go through a few of the tests in a little detail. Ultra Boys, Triplicate Girls. But then we kind of start fast-forwarding through Shrinking Violet, Colossal Boy, Lightning Lad, and then a couple happen just entirely off-panel, like Cosmic Boy, Sun Boy, Lightning Lad, etc. After all this, the Worldwide Police, which I thought had been shifted out for the Science Police, but anyways, the Worldwide Police call them, they've learned of an attack from this guy, and the Legion's got to go stop him. Well, she's grounded everybody else, so Saturn Girl's got to go alone. And if you follow, I'm going to expel you from the Legion. Now, she's wearing a kind of orange spacesuit with a bubble helmet and such. We're probably many years, if not a decade or two away from the trans suits that allow us to see their costumes as they travel in space and such. So she heads off, and then Lightning Lad dons a, a green spacesuit and goes after her because he's found out something important. We get to space, this Conqueror guy is assembling his, his robot warriors and such to attack the Earth, and Lightning Lad has discovered that Saturn Girl has duplicated the powers and why he's going to help battle this Conqueror and such. And he's actually able to, to get in front of her because his anti-gravity power unit stronger than hers. And he manages to destroy the invasion craft, but gets hit by some kind of a freeze ray or whatever. And then he's like, I'm dying. We know this. Take me to the Legion clubhouse. He gets there, explains how he knew what was going on. And she's like, well, I tricked everybody. And it wasn't Superboy or Supergirl. Well, at this point, Monel is still in the Phantom Zone. We hadn't seen him at this point. This is how he comes into the story because he had been witnessing the message from this capsule at the beginning, her destroying it, her plan to steal their powers so she could be the only legionnaire at danger. Because the message was basically that this council from another planet had these computers that were predicting things and they predicted a member was going to die using their superpower fighting this guy, but the computer couldn't tell which legionnaire. She figures, well, if I'm the only Legionnaire, I'll be the only one who dies. Great, except, again, Lightning Lad found out from Monel, got there, got zapped instead. Now, Monel couldn't tell them earlier because of sunspot interference, barring the Phantom Zone barrier or some such. Just as that sunspot static means Lightning Lad can't be sent into the zone to protect him, much like it protected Monel when he was about to die. And. Lightning Lad dies. I mean, this is a major key event. First death of a Legionnaire. We then have Superboy entering the story, having learned the news. Monel is out of the Phantom Zone temporarily using that XY4 serum. Supergirl arrives, bringing Lori Lamaris. 
because she wanted to to come for the funeral and such. We see the funeral. There's this special crypt with this arc lightning above him, just to, as a tribute or whatever to his lightning powers and such. This is like a, a galactic memorial that's going on and such, because Lightning Lad was a big deal in the Legion, and the Legion was a big deal. And we actually get the first statue erected for a fallen Legionnaire. Now, we see these statues in other stories. I'm trying to remember if we've already seen them or not in one of the adult Legion stories or whatever. But we'll wind up getting, you know, other statues over time. Now, what was also interesting is the final panel is kind of a scroll from the storytellers of, is Lightning Lad really dead? Or can the super science of the 30th century restore him to life, read forthcoming issues of adventure comics to find out? It's like, okay, they're teasing future story events. They kind of know where they're going at this point. But again, full Legion showing up here. Every member that's around, other than honorary member Pete Ross, which would be a little hard to pull in anyways. Big story. It felt like it was just going to be a gimmick of, okay, why is Saturn Girl stealing the powers? What's the twist for the story? But the difference is, there were some major repercussions with Lightning Lad and stuff. Now, he comes back in future continuities and and parallel worlds and stuff like that. If you're a reader of the Legion, you know this isn't the end of him. Uh, And again, they hint that here in the story. But again, it took what could have been just a throwaway story and gave it a, a pivotal ending by having some consequences. So I don't remember or know exactly when they bring him back. I know how they bring him back, because I've seen that in flashbacks and such, and it's been ages since I've read these early Legion stories. But I thought this was a, an interesting story, and if you're trying to read and just kind of gloss through the highlights and the stuff, I think this is a, a story that's more essential reading than most. So once again, that is The Stolen Superpowers from Adventure Comics 304. Next up from Adventure Comics number 305 is Clark Kent He-Man. Now, this is one of two different stories involving the Legion in this issue. I'm going to be treating them separately because they're disconnected stories. This is the Superboy feature from this issue. It's what starts the issue. It does have one of those kind of interior cover things. And it's really, it's a secret identity story with an interesting twist in which Superboy goes around for a while wearing a mask so Clark doesn't have to. Now, technically, Clark has to wear the glasses and stuff, but the Kents basically get tired of Clark getting pushed around and lack of respect and treated like a coward and stuff because he has to act so timid as Clark to differentiate himself from Superboy. So they decide to move to Rail City. Now, Superboy is known outside of Smallville, but hasn't been seen, so Superboy starts wearing a mask. Clark becomes Mark Denton. The the Kents become the Dentons, open up a a drive-in diner in Rail City. Mark doesn't have the glasses or the tibbinness. He becomes basically the star athlete of Rail City. The Dentons become really popular. And all of this makes it hard for Mark slash Clark to, you know, duck out and become Superboy in various situations. There's a time or two where a Superboy robot can fill in. And the first point, it's like, oh, for, he doesn't have a mask. Rail City's used to Superboy having a mask. So we got a, a page or two of, of, you know, Mark dealing with that. And at this point, I think he's working in the kitchen in the diner and such and turns a, a heavy pot lid into a, a mask for the robot and then says, okay, well, let's store the robot in the closet at the, the Denton's place. And that's that's great up until, you know, a few more situations happen where Clark slash Mark can't, you know, just duck out and become 
uh, Superboy because he's in, in the spotlight in this town. And there's a time or two where he's able to kind of fake it using a Superboy dummy and some super breath and make it look like, oh, Superboy flew by and did this. Or another point is when there's, a, I guess, a poker game going on in the Dentons because, you know, they've become popular people and such. So the robot in the closet can't be deployed. Mark's like, well, I'm at a dance. Uh, it'd be noticed if I duck out. What's going to happen? Superboy shows up, saves the day. Well, it turns out it was Chameleon Boy who did that, hence the Legion connection. And he's in the story for literally three panels. Long enough to say he was in the past, wanted to drop by, saw the spot he was in, handled the situation. And then there's another situation where Mark's popularity would give away his identity as Superboy and such. And basically, they get to the point where enough's enough. It was fun. It was great. But being so popular, so in the spotlight, prevented Superboy from being able to be Superboy. So the the Dentons move out of Rail City and the Kents move back to Smallville. And it's it's a 14-page story. I'm kind of glossing over a lot of it here because it's, it's not really that important at all to the Legion. The Legion is just used as a, a gimmick for the secret identity story. But it's a fun look at why is Clark the way he is? Because if he wasn't, it would, again, make it hard for him to operate as Superboy. So, fun story, certainly not essential reading, either from a Superboy perspective, although I think it's fun from that angle. Certainly not at all important in terms of the Legion, because like I said, Chameleon Boy shows up as a plot point for three panels out of a a 14-page story, or 13 if you take out the cover page. So once again, that's Clark Kent He-Man from Adventure Comics 305. Next up from Adventure Comics 305 is The Secret of the Mystery Legionnaire. Now this is a second story in Adventure Comics 305. We've already talked about the Superboy one. This is the Tales of the Legion of Superheroes story. And it's got kind of a full-page interior cover image, if you will. And then it starts back at the tomb for Lightning Lad, reminding us he's died, Saturn Girl is still broken up about it, and quickly goes over to Legion tryouts, because since Lightning Lad is dead, there should be an opening for a new Legionnaire. A couple of different people try out. We get Antenna Boy, who can pick up radio broadcasts from stations anywhere on Earth, whether they originate in the present, the past, or the future, and he can make them audible to others, apparently picking up, like, multiple ones at once and kind of broadcasting them locally. And the problem is he can't really control his powers, and it's just chaotic, it's noisy, it's it's bothersome, so he gets uh, pretty quickly dismissed by Cosmic Boy, who seems to be running the Legion tryouts, so I don't know if he's still leader of the Legion at this point or not, but seems to be acting that way, if nothing else. Dynamo Kid shows up. He's got super lightning powers, just like Lightning Lad, except it turns out he has them through some mechanical means that Saturn Girl disables, and he's a reporter who wanted to do an I was a super legionnaire for a week story, and he pretty much gets thrown out of there in pretty short order. And Saturn Girl then kind of departs the story to go deal with a a mission on another world, I think conveniently so, because the next person to apply is uh, Legionnaire Lemon, who also goes by Marvel Lad, who exhibits the powers of flight, super strength, 
they test him to make sure he's not like a robot. He's like, you know, hey, you've got some kryptonite. I'll prove I'm not a Kryptonian either. Because so, they're wondering if he's Superboy in disguise. So he's uh, not vulnerable to kryptonite or the lead box it was stored in. They send him off on a couple of different tasks, three initiation tests. The first to get some fluvium needed for Brainiac 5's anti-lead poisoning experiments, and then sent to deal with a sun eater. Now, this looks like a large ape-like creature. With And the reason I clarify that is there is a sun eater that's like a cloud thing later in a, a pivotal story for the Legion. And this creature and such, they send Marvel Lad in to go fight, and he's invulnerable, so he's able to, you know, fly into the heart of the sun where this thing's starting to, you know, chow down, and basically blasts it with some heat vision, giving it a hot foot, sending it running. Now, he's doing that in the heart of the sun, so that implies this heat vision's pretty powerful stuff. And he then gets sent to deal with some creatures on a distant planet, he gets rid of them, and they're like, oh, well, you fail. We don't kill even monsters and such. He's like, I didn't kill anyone. They were holographic projections protecting some, some space pirate loot. And at this point, it's like, well, you've got one last initiation to go do, even though he's done. By my count, he's done all three. But there seems to be a, well, here's another test to go do. He's got to create a new element that doesn't already exist. So he asks for some gold, silver, and iron, and basically crushes the metal and merges them together somehow into element 152, because the atomic number of gold is 79, silver is 47, iron is 26. Add them together, you've got all the raw parts you need for uh, 152 atomic number, which is the new element, which is also anti-gravity metal of some sort. It floats, and through this whole thing, Marvel Lad's a bit flippant, a bit, I don't say egotistical, but whimsical, we'll say. And He's like, okay, you've passed, we'll induct you tomorrow. How did you get your abilities? I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow. So he ducks out, and apparently he's a little late coming back because he spent a little more time than expected on Daxum, which is when they realize that Marvel Lad is exhibiting the same powers as one of their Daxamite members, Monel. He's like, yep, pulls off his, his mask and wig, and, you know, they realize it. And basically, it turns out that the day or two before, Brainiac 5 had created another lead poisoning antidote, but they're not sure if it's going to work. So it's like, if you don't suffer any ill effects for a day, then we'll know it's working. And he's like, well, since I've got a day, I'm going to try out for, for Legion membership. I mean, he's already a member, but they didn't know that. And he was kind of, you know, inducted through a, I don't say a shortcut process, but not having to go through the usual hoops that everyone else had had to go through. And he's like, oh, I bet you're glad to never go to the Phantom Zone. And he's like, actually, I want to go back for about 10 minutes. So they send him back, and he's basically telling off the Phantom Zone prisoners who have been tormenting him for centuries. And in the process of this, recounts the serum XY4 that Saturn Girl had developed to let him out for brief periods, and his origin story back in the two-parter with Superboy and Monel's first appearance and such. Now, what's interesting is in one of the thought balloons, Superboy seems to know that lead is poisonous to Monel. But does it anyways, and it's like he didn't realize that in the original story until Monel is like remembers from the shock of the lead poisoning that he's a Daxamite, lead affects his people this way, etc. So that was a little weird to be kind of not really retconned, but just kind of a mistake. And at this point, Monel is a full-time legionnaire, 
and is kind of vowing at the end to do what he can to restore Lightning Lad to life. Oh, and the other thing is, is the Phantom Zone villains are kind of vowing to escape and destroy the Legion at some point, because, well, Monel kind of told them off, and it's like, what's the wisdom of that? So, this, this kind of does and doesn't have a key event in so much as Monel tries out for membership, gets invited to join the Legion. It kind of is and isn't a key event because he was already a Legionnaire. What's definitely a key event is him, uh, Monel, being cured of lead poisoning by Brainiac 5. So again, this was the second story that dealt with the Legion in Adventure Comics 305 after the Superboy story that had Chameleon Boy in there for a few panels. So once again, The Secret of the Mystery Legionnaire from Adventure Comics 305. Next up is Adventure Comics number 306 in the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Now, I really enjoy this group. I mean, they're sometimes very silly, sometimes almost lame in some respects, but at the heart of it, when treated like they are here in a, a serious manner, they're kind of the the unsung heroes of the, the Legion of Superheroes mythology. These are the guys that were, and girls, were rejected from the Legion, but still decided to be heroes in their own right as best they can. Now, the lead character of this story is Polar Boy. We see him from his arrival on Earth to join the Legion and follow him throughout, but we get some other characters, the other core subs and stuff, throughout this. Now, this is another one of those stories that is listed as being in the 21st century versus the 30th century, so, you know, storyteller interpretation or error right there. We get a few other things that are kind of interesting. There's an avenue of heroes with these big statues of the Legionnaires. We see Sun Boy, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, etc. And once again, we've got Legion tryouts. And the only member we see trying out is Polar Boy himself, Breck Bannon of the planet Thar. And he's got the ability to, to project intense cold. Now, a few people on his world have this power. It's unclear how many. But what's interesting is he's got cold powers. He lives in the hottest desert of the hot planet Thar. And because it's so hot, some of them have developed the ability to project heat-neutralizing vibrations, creating cold and stuff, making that part of the planet habitable. So it stands to reason why he's decked out in this polar outfit and stuff on Earth because almost any other planet would seem cold by comparison. I mean, they don't flat out say that, but that's kind of the implication. Now, he gets rejected on the grounds that his freezing powers may kind of disable them at a critical moment, but he's still considered a worthy applicant, so he gets as kind of a consolation prize an anti-gravity flying belt. Kind of a, you're not going to work out for us, but, you know, we respect that you tried and, you know, that you're at least heroic in nature or some such. He is devastated by this because, again, his, his hope had been to, to be a member of the Legion. And I believe it was, you know, just a, a big dream of his. I'm trying to think how long he'd had that dream. I don't think they actually mentioned that. There's, there's mention of it's all he's lived for, worked for, and trained for. Because, again, the Legion's been around for an indeterminate amount of time at this point. So afterwards, when he's going down that avenue of heroes and such... Night Girl comes up to him and says, hey, I I get what you're going through. I, too, was rejected. She's got super strength. I mean, she lifts up the Cosmic Boy statue, which is fairly large, to prove that. And she'd gotten the powers from her father, who was a scientist, using a vitalizing ray or whatnot. The thing is, she comes from the dark planet uh, C'Thun, 
and her powers don't work when there's sunlight. Now, that wasn't a problem on her home world, because there just isn't, apparently. But on Earth and stuff like that, powers could cut out at the wrong time and such. They decide, okay, we didn't make the first team, but we could serve as like a, a backup team for the Legion when they need the help. We could be substitute heroes whenever needed. Hence, the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Not to take away from the Legion of Superheroes, but again, to do what they can as best they can. So they form a, a Legion of Substitute Heroes, with the other members being Stone Boy, who can turn to stone. The thing is, it's not really stone per se. It's not like he's like the thing and can move around and do stuff. He's basically, it's a super suspended animation power on his planet that everybody has. So he turns to stone and he's unable to move. Fire Lad has fire breath, but they were afraid it was a little too dangerous. It might be problematic. He'd gotten those powers from inhaling vapors from a crashing meteor, because, you know, crashing meteors cause powers. Chlorophyll Kid has the ability to make plants grow super fast. He got that because he fell into a tank of plant-growing solution as a child, and these five become the founding members of the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Again, doing what they can to, to help out where they can. So they create uh, headquarters in a caves of a mountain area, build their own spaceship, and have a warning wall telling them where disasters are striking so they can try to help. Of course, the first couple of times, every time they get there, the Legion has things under control, because, well, they're the Legion. But when one of these things happen, it turns out that the Legion is going off to fight these robot invaders, and they, they offer to help, but the Legion's like, hey, we can't have untrained volunteers. Thanks, but no thanks. They get back, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Well, Chlorophyll notices these seeds that have fallen to the ground and such, and he's like, geez, these are weird, I wonder what they grow into. So he, he grows one of them, and it turns into a kind of a, a tree humanoid that's starts attacking, and they realize that this robot invasion that the Legion's going off to fight is a decoy, and these seeds that turn into this this army of tree warriors is the real attack. So they destroy these seeds and go find the planet of origin of these these seeds, go there and realize that just this huge army is about to get unveiled on the Earth. Stone Boy acts as a decoy, just, hey, I'm over here, turns to stone, and they're attacking him, not harming him and stuff, because he's pretty much impervious in his stone form, while the other subs go attack the storehouse of these seeds. Night Girl is about to break through, but the sun rises, her super strength is gone. Fire Lad and Polar Boy use their heat and cold powers to, to crack the remaining barriers, at which point Chlorophyll Kid force grows all these things, causing this population explosion that not only destroys the place where these plant men were being stored, but it overruns the city, causes devastation, and pretty much puts the kibosh on the, uh, the invasion. The Legion destroys the robot ships that were threatening Earth. Nobody knows that the subs had kind of really saved the day, and they're like, you know what? We're okay with this. We're doing it for the right reasons to, to save people, not for the publicity and such. So, it was a, a good story. The Legion shows up, but kind of peripherally. I mean, really, once we get past the tryouts and stuff, they're, you know, kind of a cameo in their own story. This is the subs story. And again, we get the, the core five substitute heroes. 
a couple of which go on to become Legionnaires in their own right down the line. Polar Boy and Night Girl in particular. Polar Boy becoming a leader at uh, one point in the 80s. So, this gives us the first appearance of the Legion of Substitute Heroes, the first appearance of Polar Boy, Night Girl, Stone Boy, Fire Lad, and Chlorophyll Kid. Other than that, if you're in it for the Legion itself and not the peripheral teams and stuff, you could absolutely skip this. But really, in the grand scheme of things, the Legion of Substitute Heroes as a team, and some of these members in particular, are a, a long-term key aspect of the mythology of the Legion. So I thought this was a really fun story. It's about 14 pages, one of which is predominantly kind of that, that cover interior image of the story, if you will. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Once again, that's the Legion of Substitute Heroes from Adventure Comics 306. Next up is Action Comics number 298 and the superpowers of Lex Luthor. Now, this isn't a Legion story. They make a brief cameo in it, and this is one where things happen kind of fast at the beginning just to get the action rolling. It is a 13-page story, and about two-thirds of the first one is, again, one of those kind of cover image type things. The basic story here is there's some escaped Phantom Zone villains, They're attacking Supergirl while Superman is in the past with his Superman robots. These Phantom Zone villains have somehow erected a time barrier force field, which is blocking Superman from returning from the past, destroyed the Superman robots as they tried to return with him from the past, and prevents the Legion of Superheroes from helping. Even their time torpedoes can't get past the force screen. I don't know what a time torpedo is, but it sure makes it seem like those Legion... Time bubbles are weaponized to some degree. I think it's the only time we've seen, so far, it's the only time we've seen one of those time torpedoes. I'm not entirely sure when this is set for the Legion continuity, because by this point, Lightning Lad had died, but he's very clearly one of the three Legionnaires we see. It's Lightning Lad, Cosmic Boy, and Saturn Girl. They are in all of three panels, one with them finding out that the Phantom Zone villains have escaped and they're threatening Earth, another panel of them trying to get to 1963 and not being able to, and then another one following up of they still can't get through even with those time torpedoes. Uh, Supergirl winds up enlisting Lex Luthor's help to stop the Phantom Zone villains. He does. He turns on the Phantom Zone... He actually partners with the Phantom Zone villains for a bit, then turns on them, etc. Not a bad story, not a great story... But most importantly, not really a Legion story. I just wanted to mention it as they did have a cameo here. They don't really play a part in the story. I mean, really, their part in the story is that they can't play a part in the story because of this this time force field or, or some such. Which, from the preventing people from the future getting into the past makes sense. Preventing people from the past getting into the future kind of does not make sense. Now, I could see where it would preclude time travel during a point in time maybe even an extended period of time. But all you've got to do is travel to right before then and just wait. You'll get into it. Now, maybe you can't travel at that point. You'd be trapped for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time, hence not wanting to do it. But anyways, that's not what this story is about. It's basically Lex getting superpowers for a while and teaming up with Supergirl and, and Superman. So once again, that's the superpowers of Lex Luthor from Action Comics number 298. 
The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.